you answered the question right. I, the, you know, the last two years, you know, we've de delved heavily into free agency, and we're at the point now where it's draft and develop, right? Um, we we got a nice core, a nice core of young players. Feel really good about that group with a good mix of veteran guys with a lot of experience. That uh, and the whole thing for us now is about the locker room, making sure we keep the locker room where we've got it. Obviously, pushing money into the future is not ideal, but you guys might have to use some of that this year. What sort of what are, what are some of the, sort of the costs of doing that, and what are the benefits as well? Well, the benefits are you get a chance to keep a lot of good football players, and you know, at at some point, most teams in the league have had to do that. If you look at the number, I think there's only one team that hasn't pushed any money out into future years. You just got to be very diligent in, in the decisions that you make and who you make those decisions for. Trent, if you have a, you have a prospect that has a public intoxication charge, what does that do to your evaluation? How does that you know, factor into everything else that you're evaluating? You know, I think anytime there's a situation that the law has been involved with, you look into it, you get as much information as you can. Uh, it's hard to say that it's going to affect everyone the exact same way. Uh, a lot of it has to do with history, what they've been through throughout their, their careers, their lifetimes. So a lot goes into it more than just one bad decision by a, by a prospect. Can you just talk about the importance of re-signing CJ obviously Well, again, we're trying to keep the core together. And the core is not just frontline players. It's guys at every level of the 53. Every, every guy on that team, when you're talking about 53 players, every one of those players is important. And uh, CJ and Jamichael are two guys that are key guys in that locker room. They're key contributors, uh, not only on the, on the field, but in the community, within the, the leadership of the team. So there's a lot of things that go into that, but we're, we're glad that they're aboard for another two years and looking forward. We've, we've got a lot more work to do, as you know. How different is this process now? You guys have the 24th pick the last couple of years. You guys obviously had the first pick. So how, how different is it that you guys sort of evaluate maybe that latter half of the draft? Well, if we'd have the first pick and three years in a row, you'd be someone else standing here, right? So, you know, there's a transition. You know, obviously uh, picking one, there's an advantage to picking one. There's obviously, as we know, a disadvantage to picking one. Uh, now we, we're sitting at 24. Uh, we've got to stack the board appropriately and, you know, look at what's available. And uh, the decisions don't get any different, right? You're just picking a little later in the draft. Are there some position groups in this draft class that start maybe pull apart from the other strengths? John, you've known me a long time, right? A couple of years. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the depth of the draft at any one position. It's not an advantage to us. But uh, like every year, there's, there's strengths and weaknesses in the draft. Uh, positions that maybe have more depth, but the key again is is uh, taking a look at what our needs are, but but also factoring in best available as we stack the board. We want to stack the board true to the value of the player, and then we'll make the decisions once we get the board stacked. Trent, you mentioned you know keeping that core um, together when you have guys like an Evan Ingram, Jawan Taylor, who are probably going to command you know, top money at their position. What's the balance of you know, wanting when to have them back, but also knowing that they're going to be very expensive too and having to you know, make, make sure you guys are sound financially? Well, there's a win-win in every deal, 
right? And you just got to find that. You know, we've got a we've got an organization that players now want to play for. And when you're in that situation, it's a, it's a great community. I think that the players got a real taste of what that community can offer. If you look at the last two games of the year, how electric that stadium was, and filled with Jaguar fans. You know, normally, you know, in the past, as, as at least since I've been there, when we did have a full crowd, it was probably le- lent, leaned itself toward the other, to, toward the opponent. Uh, the last couple games of the year, it wasn't that way. And I think the players seeing that, getting a feel for that, us within the organization who haven't been a part of it that long, seeing that uh, was inspiring. You know, and it's our job to put a product out there that the fans want to come and see. And that's where we're at right now in the buildup of, of the 2023 roster. Trent, when you're sitting at pick number 24, you have the opportunity to either up or down. What are some qualifications or some stipulations that go into that process of moving forward and backward? I, I couldn't hear that. I'm sorry. When you're at pick number 24, you have the opportunity to move up or down. It's a very niche kind of location. What are some qualifications you look for, prospects or in trade market value to move up or backward? Well, you just got to assess the board and, and kind of where you're at. And you got 23 picks that are going to come off the board, and you start getting the feel for where you're going to be around pick 18, 19, and who might be available and how many guys you got at that point. You know, I don't know that we're going to be big movers and trying to trade way up in the draft. Will we move a little bit? We could. You know, it really depends on how the board gets stacked. And right now is way too early to tell what we're going to do exactly in terms of move up, move back. Trent, how does the presence of a young player like Walker impact conversation with you on Taylor? Well, you know, you never know what you got till you get him on the field, right? You know, and Walk got a great chance to go out there and show his value as a player. Uh, you know, and it, it, it it's a balancing act. You know, you got good good players. You got a good young player in Juwan who played at a high level. You got a good young player in in uh, Walk that played at a high level when he got an opportunity. So we're just gonna again assess the the, the roster, talk to the coaches, which we we have a lot of collaboration back and forth, and just try to make the best decision for us. But you know, bringing Juwan back is is something that we would like to do. If he can't get a deal done with Evans, Ingram, is he a franchise tag candidate? He could be. He could be. He could be. How confident are you that the team and Evan can come to an agreement? I think, you know, again, I think with Juwan and Evan, I, I don't want to speak for them. Uh, they know how we feel about them, and I think we know how they feel about us. And the, the, there, there's a win-win in there somewhere. We just got to get to that. And the negotiations are ongoing, and there's something that, you know, they're not going to get finished today. Um, but we've got a nice window here before free agency start. And our goal is to try to close those deals uh, within that window. Were you able to finish some cap space with the Roy Robinson Harrison extension? We were. Anybody else? All right, Trent, thank you so much. Thanks, Trent.